Our world is replete with media and communication. We carry the whole arsenal of news and entertainment with us in our pockets and our hand, hand, handbags all the time. Pedestrians used to uh, look, uh, keep their look in the distance. Today they keep their attention on a screen 30 centimeters from their face. Now, what does that do to our ability to focus? Welcome to Mind the Shift. My name is Anders Bolling. I'm your host. My guest today is Kristina Bengtsson, an inspirational speaker and author and a former military officer and a world champion precision shooter. Today, Kristina's uh, mission is to help the world reclaim focus, she says. On her web web website, she offers a course where you can learn how to master focus. She has written the acclaimed book, The Art of Focus 10.9. Her TED talk has been seen by over 1 million people. And she has lectured to audiences all over the world. Welcome to the show, Christina. Thank you very much. So I don't know how you feel about uh, a label that is put uh, put on you by, by some people, the, the female 007. <laughs> it's, it feels okay, maybe. It's okay. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, yeah. Anyway, it has to do, of course, with your background as, as an acclaimed precision shooter. Yes. And one can suspect that this uh, ability to focus might have something to, to do with that. And also this book title, ten point, what does 10.9 stand for in the book title? The Art of Focus 10.9. 10.9, uh, it tells us that um, when you are a precision shooter, a sport shooter, and you are... Uh, about to hit the 10, 50 meters away. The little tiny 10 is only 10.4 millimeters. And also, um, the margins within this tiny circle is counted. Mm -hmm. So when I shot 10.9, actually I did that the last shot in the, the World Championship. Uh, a 10.9 means the center of the center. It means uh, precision, sharpness, excellence. Wow. Um, but on the other hand, it also shows that there is a kind of impossible uh, act within this. Uh, the margins are so extremely small, small so mm. it's kind of almost impossible to know whether you shoot an 10.8 or 10.9 but still it's nice to have <laughs> uh, on the book title and it's actually nice to hit a 10.9 the last thing you do in a world cup final <laughs> yeah that must be a nice feeling <laughs> yes it is people like that <laughs> yeah and now that it's in the book book title that's excellent well uh you tell us more i mean how did this whole focus on focus begin i guess it began with your military career and all that Yes, it's a combination, I believe. Um, it could be the fact that I simply uh, was born having um, an ability, but I don't think so. I think we all have that ability. I think the ability to focus is an innate skill that everyone possesses. And what happened uh, during the time I spent in the military and mostly uh, on the shooting ranges, hours after hours, I learned to um, bring this innate skill up to a level uh, which uh, made me perform very well, not only on the shooting range, but also in life in general. Mm. I learned to resist impulses. Uh, I learned to think before I 
act before I shoot the the shot, mm. <laughs> so to say, mm. but also in other situations. And when I left the sports and the military arenas, so to say, I kind of stepped out into another world, into the real world and the business world. And this is where I saw that, hey, people have lost something here. Yeah. So I saw that I came from worlds where focus was elevated and was respected as a necessary ability. And I stepped into a world where I saw short-term attitude, quick fix, fragmentation, attention addiction and time poverty. And I felt that something must be done. Mm. And if I have that ability uh, and I can feel that this has been really grateful for me to have, I felt that why shouldn't others also have um, a closer connection to this innate skill? I think this can do a lot for individuals, but also for the civilization, actually. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. I mean, would you say that the military is better at at at, at uh, keeping focus and, uh, as you say, to elevate that that ability than yeah. other part the <coughs> other sectors of society? I think uh, in some parts of the military, yes. Um, but on the other hand, the military uh, and the armed forces is also just an sometimes ordinary administrative uh, (laughs) uh, place. But if you walk out into um, tough situations uh, in war scenarios, of course you meet um, uh, a necessary uh, time where you need to use this skill and where you actually practice this in a natural way. But on the other hand, that doesn't happen in our everyday life. That doesn't happen uh, in the corridors uh, in which we work. It doesn't happen at home. Uh, We don't have these uh, threats around us. Mm. We think we have, but we don't. So we can't, I think, we can't compare uh, military operations where you use your sharp focus and you can't compare um, trying to hit a a target as a precision shooter, you can't compare that with an ordinary life. That's true. But what you can do is to understand what is this innate skill about Mm. and what can it do in the ordinary life. So yes, to answer your question, um, I think the military do have um, a history and a background in which people, uh, military officers and soldiers have learned to, uh, to treat their attention with with respect, mm. uh, but I don't think it has been um, something which has been uh, decided. It has been uh, developed yeah. during the years mm. and during the history. It, it comes with a with a cause, so to speak. Mm. Uh, well, it sounds a little bit like a, a, as if the military is still uh, in a place where humankind, all of humankind, perhaps was um, tens of thousands of years ago when there the, when there were a lot of dangers around and we had to focus and I, I have sometimes talked about this this uh, proclivity we have to scan for dangers even when there is none none mm-hmm. no dangers you know and which makes us very worried and anxious and uh, you know think that things are going to go down the drain but maybe because we have this lizard brain telling us to scan for dangers but in the military that's something you're supposed to do so maybe that's it 
it's more natural to to keep that old as you say innate ability yeah actually within it's, that context it's easier to to focus uh, when there is uh, a threat upon us uh, a threat that we can so to say touch on that we can see um, but what happens now in this uh, era of our of our history is that um, the brain cannot see the difference Uh, between real dangers and uh, perceived dangers. Exactly. We have something which is called um, automatic uh, attention, and yeah. we also have controlled attention. If if we simply explain the difference, automatic attention is where the brain unconsciously reacts upon something uh, and uh, more or less uses your attention on the spot, uh, like something jumping up upon you and you need to do something directly to save your own or someone else's life. Mm. Well, then you do that automatically. That's a great attention. That's a great focus to have. Mm. But uh, the same thing nowadays happens when there is a pling from the mobile phone yeah. or when there is an important mail <laughs> coming up on the screen. Or not so important. Often not so important. <laughs> Uh, but the brain still reacts in the same way and will do. So this is why we need to we need to find solutions uh, where we can uh, refrain from all these um, uh, happenings, from all these devices that wants to grab our attention all the time. Yeah, yes. and this requires focus, and it requires that we move from uh, being in the. Um, automatic attention mode towards the more controlled attention mode um, that would be um, uh, good for for every person yeah so what is it in our minds our brains our bodies maybe that can help us to to focus to concentrate better well firstly I would like to say that to put it simple <coughs> focus is um, <laughs> you might have heard my my quotes i think I've said, I know I've said, just as darkness is the absence of light, focus is the absence of distractions. Mm -hmm. And this quote explains uh, with simplicity what focus more or less is about. A focused mindset is a mind uh, without distractions. And to explain that, we firstly need to understand, so what are the distractions? It could be different uh, for you, it could be different for me. But there are uh, distractions coming from the outside, but also distractions coming from the inside. You know, all these worrying thoughts that we <laughs> that we have yeah. uh, constantly. Uh, but as the brain in broad terms only can focus on one thing at a time, we can see that as an advantage. And we can, in our mind and in our bodies, use that which means that and this comes from you know meditation etc that if you focus on just one single part of your body uh, and you think of that and you almost sense it uh, then that can help you to get rid of all those distracting thoughts mm. uh, that could be uh, something more simple you actually don't need to go and meditate every morning <laughs> you do that no i don't do that okay I, I try to do it every morning. I, I, I don't succeed every day, but most of most of the days. It's good that you do that. But I would also like to say that um, when we when we force ourselves to to try to focus, yeah. we lose it. Okay. <laughs> It's perhaps sometimes better to lower the requirements and to just start by understanding what are the distractions, and then secondly understand 
and be able to sense what are you when you are focused mm. so that you know what to search for. And then you may not need to do so much. Uh, sometimes even one single um, thing like a pencil or a lamp or <laughs> something else in the room mm. can help you to get rid of the distracting thoughts. So that's one thing to do. It sounds, <clears throat> of course, more simple than it is. But if you practice it, mm. the only thing you need to, to do is actually to understand uh, how are you, what do you feel, what do you sense when you are in a focused mindset? Mm. And then you know what to search for. Um, but I would say concentrating on a, on a pen or a detail in your environment, as you were speaking about here, sounds a little bit like some kind of micro-meditation, really. Yeah, that's a good expression. Isn't yes, it? Yeah. it is. But I use it more to explain what focus is about. And now we speak only in the short-term perspective. Mm. Actually, longer time, the longer perspective uh, is more important, I would say. But of course, firstly, we need to understand what it is. We need to understand how you can get focused in a short-term perspective to be able to know how to focus in the longer-term mm. perspective. Um, but I would say also that uh, you asked me about what in our minds and in our bodies can, so to say, help us to focus. I think um, discipline is a word that I, of course, like. But uh, the discipline of, like you say, to force yourself to get up 5.30 in the morning and go to meditate. Oh, it's or not 5.30, <laughs> I can assure you. But anyway. um, or to go for training or something that's good that's a that's a good kind of discipline but that's not really the discipline i mean when we speak about true focus if i'm allowed to use that expression in this context uh, the discipline of um, resisting impulses from the inside and from the outside uh, is a, a very powerful way to um, to get rid of all these things that actually actually distract your mind. Mm. Imagine what a day would look like if you managed to resist the impulses of uh, changing from one task to, the not to another all the time. If you managed to think two seconds <laughs> yeah. before you write something on social media, for instance. If you think two seconds before you say something to someone else. Uh, if you think... Give yourself uh, just a tiny bit of time uh, before you um, choose what words to say to your child if he or she is not doing what you want him or her to do. Mm. There's so many things you can win by just learning to resist all these impulses. So what are the techniques? I mean, what are the, the, the ways of enhancing it in the, on, the, on a day-to-day -day basis? Is it like uh, writing notes to oneself, things that you were talking about here? Yeah, one thing that one can do is to, um, when you are, <laughs> so to say, trying to focus on one task, yeah. uh, and you realize in that situation, perhaps only after one minute, <laughs> or sometimes even after five seconds, <laughs> or after three minutes, um, you realize that there are all these other thoughts um, or wishes that mm -hmm. pops up. It could be simple things. Uh, it could be um, something that you feel that you must uh, do later in the afternoon or that you feel a little bit stressed by the fact that you didn't answer this or that person yeah, yeah. <coughs> in that email, etc. <laughs> I think we can all relate to that. <laughs> yes. So instead of changing what you do, um, because that will 
make you keep ongoing changes all the time, doing changes all the time. You um, you take a paper and you write all these things down, and then you leave the paper. You go back to the task you're supposed to do, and then mm. after you're done with that task, hopefully, <laughs> you can look at this little paper and see that oh, that's right, I should answer this person, etc. So that's a way to practice it to go back. Mm. Uh, and to discipline yourself mm. going back to what to you compart- were supposed to compartmentalize the distractions so to speak yeah it's a also a good ex- expression to keep them out of the the focus that you're supposed to have right now mm-hmm. so meditation could help but you you say that you you don't you shouldn't think that you must do that every day but you, you could do it and are there are there any other physical is physical exercise good for for this ability yes of course it is um it is but again i've realized speaking to a lot of people <laughs> what what mostly people um ask from me yeah. so to say when they <laughs> when they call the ghostbuster <laughs> focus <laughs> role model you know um they usually ask for um becoming more efficient or to go as fast as they can from a to b or to become even more uh excellent in a peak performance situation and then i have a choice to say to them that yes this is what focus is about and i can give them some tips but i feel like and i think it's important that we highlight the fact that focus is so much more mm. there is a deeper context there is a deeper dimension regarding focus and what focus actually is uh, than simply trying to become more efficient or trying to move <laughs> from a to b as fast as you can mm. um Yeah because I I understand that one of your core messages uh, sp- speaking of what you just mentioned here is that that this is uh, personal it's not it's not just a te- technical thing it's it's very personal and you s- say somewhere I think that we should have the courage to concentrate and focus on what is meaningful and important to us mm-hmm. and is this in a way I mean I speak sometimes to people who are Uh, you know spiritually inclined and there they can be spiritual teachers or inspirers or whatever in different contexts but they often talk about the the importance of listening to following your passion and listening to your heart so would you say that this is another way of saying that we should listen to our hearts uh whether you think uh, that is spiritual or not it's i mean yeah it doesn't matter doesn't uh, matter we don't need a name upon we don't it need, no um Yes, I would say yes, because um, what has happened uh, lately, I believe, is that we have changed the view upon focus, upon the word focus. And I think this comes from uh, media, it comes from um, uh, sports, etc. Mm. We look uh, on people in the television <laughs> or in the screens and we see them having an athlete having his or her uh, jump um for her life for instance yeah. and uh, the journalists are saying that oh look at her she's so concentrated she's so focused look mm. at her eyes etc mm. and then everyone thinks that this is what focus is about to peak perform to once in your lifetime do the best thing you can do something that you've practiced to do for for many many hours during many years but again yes this is just one part of sharp focus and i feel like asking the question What do we know about this person that we see in the in the television screen? Maybe he or she is just fighting very hard to get rid of of distractions or get rid of nervosity. We can't know if 
he or she really is truly focused or not. Mm. This can't really be seen. Uh, it must be felt deeply within the person uh, that is doing this, whatever exercise. And so when people ask for focus and they say to me that, uh, dear madam, I've lost focus, um, I try to help them to understand that focus is much more than trying to peak perform. We're quite good mm. at that, actually, mm. to peak perform, because then you are in an sort of isolated situation where you're allowed to take away all the other distractions and just do one simple thing. That's yeah, the challenge is to, to, to be able to do this all the time in your everyday life. Yeah, and again, sports are, are not always comparable to our everyday life. No. Uh, our everyday life. Thank, thankfully. <laughs> yes, and everyday life and the business life, etc. Uh, key persons disappear. Um, goals are changing very fast. Uh, the environments are changing very fast. Uh, we need to deal with things very fast. And that's not what the sports life looked like. In the sport life, the take the shooting as an example, the target, the target has the same size, <laughs> even though it goes four years in between. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the con- even the, the competitors around you are the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, the distance is the same. Uh, someone is probably telling you, a coach is telling you exactly what to do to be able to to uh, perform, yeah. perform. Mm. and this is not what the other lives, <laughs> so to say, look like. Um, That's true. And your question, uh, what was your question? Well, it's person. Uh, I was asking about this personal thing that it's uh, to follow your heart and follow your oh, passion yes. mm-hmm. uh, more than just, as you say, peak perform and ha- see it as a, a way of um, just uh, in in the moment be able to yeah to perform exactly. So it it starts there that that focus is more or less presence. Yeah. Um, in Being in the now. Yes. That is um, a complete focused mindset. Um, but if we look upon what the society looks yeah. now, um, there are very, very many things that d- distract this opportunity. Um, and to be able to be in the now uh, requires practice. And it requires an understanding of what being in the now actually means. Mm. Um, And I think also when you say, listen to your heart, I would call that, from my perspective, um, reconnect Mm. to your core identity. And this is where you find your core values. And if more people could dare to give themselves a little bit of extra time, to give themselves their inner core a little bit of extra attention and respect more people would be would be closer connected to their inner core values to their inner gut feeling and to know what's right and wrong um, and to more or less reconnect to those fundamental values that underlie a focused mindset mm. um, and I think this is really really important uh, and it requires time mm. It requires that people dare to say no. It requires that people dare to um, find a self-esteem within themselves for what they are, mm. instead of always searching for that uh, somewhere else. Mm. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It makes sense, and it's it's it sounds 
great, actually. And it's, it, it, you're very eloquently showing that focus is so much broader than, than the, uh, how, how the concept is, is perceived today in our society, as you were saying. I mean, when people talk about focus, they, they don't talk about these things, this, this inner core. But I guess it's all, that's what it's all about. Yeah, it is. I often meet um, business leaders, uh, for instance, who are struggling with... Um, you know, their main goal for mm. the business, for instance, or for uh, an organization or an institute. Um, and they have difficulties to <laughs> what we can call stay on target. And they are searching for <clears throat> to bring in themselves back into uh, what really is important. Why am I doing this? Or or how can I, how can I help the employees to know why they do what they do? Yeah. And they are searching more or less <laughs> to find what was the greater purpose. Yeah. And sometimes they they maybe should do something different. Yes. If they go into their core and listen inwards, they might come to the conclusion that, no, that was, this wasn't right for me. I should do something different. So Exactly, yes. It doesn't mean that you have to continue doing what you're doing just by finding your focus. It can mean the, the other way. I mean, the different yeah. and path. And I think we have this misconception about focus sometimes that focus is um, to reach your goal. Mm. And you often hear people say, uh, I'm extremely focused on what to achieve. Mm. And yes, uh, I think that's fine. If you can uh, force yourself towards a goal, that's excellent. But you must ask yourself, is this the goal that I really want to reach? Yeah, perhaps you can go even further. Perhaps perhaps you can find another dimension. Yeah. Perhaps you do not talk about focus. Perhaps you actually talk about being obsessed. Yeah. And this mm. will make you mm. lose uh, the ability to see opportunities popping up. And this will make you lose the opportunity to reflect yeah. deeply. And perhaps also lose the ability to interact with quality uh, with other people and in the end I believe interaction with other people is what makes us a little bit of what we are as well mm. um, so sometimes people sort of say lose <laughs> um, the ability to focus by focusing too hard <laughs> mm. um, I understand exactly what you're saying Yeah, maybe okay. it's it's more obsession than, than focus as you say yes and it, this comes back to um that short-term focus is a prerequisite for long-term focus. Mm. Um, I often take uh, a typical uh, shooting match as an example. <laughs> I'm sure you've heard this one before. <laughs> but still, imagine you have 60 shots in front of you. You're supposed to hit that tiny target 60 times in a row. Uh, not just a target, you need to hit the 10. So you need all your qualities, all your potentials to be able to perform in those um, seconds. Mm. If you're in that second, <laughs> shot number one, shot, shot number two, etc., etc., if you're in those seconds, start thinking about what will happen if I win. Yeah. What will I say to my mother when I call her and exactly. say that I, I won? <laughs> yes. Or even worse, you start thinking about what happens if I lose again, mm. <laughs> often. What happens if I get so nervous so I actually don't even hit the target? <laughs> I destroy the wall, the walls instead. Those thoughts can appear. Mm. So if you start thinking about the goal, 
or the fear of what's going to happen if you do not reach the goal, mm. you're out. Mm. You're not focused. This means that you you need to learn the short-term focus and to at least understand what that is to be able to, in the extension, reach where you want to go. Mm. But this also means that in these uh, short-term perspectives, uh, a very focused mindset doesn't always mean that you only think of the goal. It rather means that you open up your mind setting so mm. that you can get access towards your inner, as you said before, your inner uh, capacities. Mm. Um, and this is also where you find the ability to, uh, if if it's in another context, to dare to say no, mm. to dare to make a change, um, to mm. rethink, mm. to even redirect mm. your focus. Mm. Yeah. It's uh, even in a, an ordinary situation like uh, having a conversation like, like we are having now, it's very obvious that the ability to to be present, to, to have focus, as you say, is, is really just changes the, the quality of that conversation enormously. Mm. If you can just kind of forget yourself when you listen to the other person and you can forget yourself, you just, you, you're not thinking, you're just listening. Yeah. It's so much more interesting and it's so much more developing because, uh, but we're bad at that, most of us, I think. We, st we, we tend to think about the, the next thing we are going to say when we're listening, quote unquote listening to the other person, <laughs> which is really rude, but we don't even think about it because we think too much. Yeah. And, um, you know, I like the word um, empathy. Yeah. And like I said before, <laughs> we all do. <laughs> we should use that word more often. Yeah. So let's use it now. <laughs> you know, I said before how the brain only can focus on one thing uh, at a time, easily expressed. Actually, you can use focus as a shortcut. Um, no, you can use empathy as a shortcut to focus. Because just like you said now, two people are, are interacting, mm. are speaking to each other, having eye contact. Mm. Um, and if you are perhaps in an interview or um, uh, in a nervous situation, you meet someone who is on a higher level than you in, in a workspace situation or something like that workplace situation <laughs> it often happens that that you or people think about do not forget to say this or remember now to say this to get the deal through or yeah. don't forget to to also explain this and that and that's actually if I'm allowed to say a kind of egoistic mindset thing mm -hmm. you're thinking about yourself mm. uh, what you shall say and what you shall not forget mm. to say in a situation where the best thing you can do is to get rid of all these thoughts because they're actually distracting mm. you for being present and for being um, truly connected to the other person. Yeah. And rethink again, who is the other person? You can never know. I mean, you never know the other person anyway. You, you, you can't, you, I mean, you can have an idea what's going to be said, but you can't really know. No. There's always going to be some words that you didn't expect. And yes. that's 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 what makes life interesting. Yes, and <laughs> you feel that when you interact with with trust mm. and with attention. Um, so actually you can use thinking about the other person uh, like a shortcut to actually become focused. And if two persons meet like that, mm. something happens mm. and you gain trust.
and uh, I think you gain, you know, a, sh- a sharper memory of the situation. I think so too. I think that, 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 that that's one of the most marvelous things you can experience in life, actually, when you've had a very, very good interaction with another person, person a good conversation. Mm. It's kind of uh, elevating afterwards. You, you feel that something happened, that you, you raised yourself a level. Yeah, and it brings perspective to, to that <laughs> ordinary life that sometimes can feel gray. Yeah. And um, the grayness is perhaps not that bad. <laughs> No, or if it's if it even is grayness, but you can call it that, I guess. <laughs> I don't know if you read this famous book by Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now. It's a spiritual book, but it's it's, it's very big. Many people have read it, and uh, and he has he has said he speaks he holds so many talks. I listen to them sometimes, and he has this um, metaphor that you should uh, go through life as if you were walking on a path and there is fog, there is mist all around you and you have a spotlight on your forehead shining on the path. And that's that's where you're, that's where you're supposed to focus all the time. The, the other things are, I mean, they're, hap- they're happening over there, but you don't have to think about them, about them until they maybe cross your path. Somebody comes in your path, something comes in your path, then you, then you can deal with it. You don't have yeah. to deal with everything all the time. No, I am. Um, what do you think about that? Uh, yes, metaphor? I'm. I'm. I'm very well aware of uh, of Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. Uh, of course. <laughs> um, and I, I've seen so many similarities actually to uh, to what I have um, performed throughout my career, so to say. Yeah. Uh, and this is where I realize also. Um, speaking about uh, spiritual spiri- spirituality, thank you, <laughs> <laughs> and presence, yeah. and the power of now, um, as he put it, and and meditation, and sometimes I feel, or may people may think that I'm cocky when I say if someone says to me like you said before, do you meditate every morning? And I say no, and I can follow up that meaning that that sentence and I could say no I don't need to (laughs) and but this of course means that because I have practiced this throughout so many years Mm. um, being a precision shooter Mm. and that's where I learned to live probably I can't be 100% sure because I'm not Eckhart Tolle Mm. but I can assure you that I at least from my own perspective think and believe that I live exactly Mm. the way he expresses. Yeah. We more or less speak about the same thing. Um, if we speak about short-term focus, um, yeah. and this is where the importance comes in with um, the connection between focus and kindness. Mm. Uh, and that requires time. Mm. And so many people walk around today thinking that they do not have time. And I time think is all they have. Exactly. I think it's sad. We live, if we look upon <laughs> the mankind in history, <laughs> um, we are probably, I don't have this meta research uh, in front of me now, <laughs> but I think you can, we can agree upon the fact that in most parts of the world, we live longer now than we did several oh, yes. hundred years before. Sure, yes. Yes. That's a fact. So we do live long, most of us. <laughs> but yet, people are thinking that they need a bucket list. Mm. And they 
think that they must do so many things so they don't regret that when they get old. <laughs> and this foster a kind of stress. And people often say that they do not have time because there are so many things that they must do. Mm. I say differently. I'm one of the few persons on earth <laughs> who who can say, hello, <laughs> my name is Christina Bengtsson and I have time. Mm. Because there are so many things I don't need to do. Yeah. And this helps me focus. But it requires, again, a discipline to dare to say no and to build up your self-esteem through what you are and mm. what you have instead of constantly chasing for what you are not and for what you do not have. Yeah, that's wonderful. I, I, I guess that you have experienced how little you miss actually when you, when you, uh, when you don't do a lot of things that many other people do. <laughs> yes, I almost start to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sometimes I'm even, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm sometimes doing that a little bit extra uh, to just see what happens. Yeah. Uh, And what do, you, what do you mean? Doing what a little bit? Extra? I say no a little bit more often than I actually need uh -huh, to, okay, okay, mm, yeah. just to see what happens yeah. and to bring myself into um, situations where I might uh, be sad because I didn't do what I really wanted to do mm -hmm. in, in one or another situation. <laughs> But I mean, all the time, I realized that it was a decision decision taken on mm. my own, mm. and that means that I was in control. I was a i was in a cognitive control, uh, and that feels good. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing that tells me that I cannot do that thing or take that opportunity another time. Because mm. there's so much going on within us, and as you said, between people, uh, that we do not, th do not see mm. because we do so many other things. Mm. <laughs> well, just, you know... Something like listening to the news, which I, I, I mean, I've been a journalist for 20, 30 years. I um, <laughs> often talk about this, but I have cut down on my news consumption quite mm -hmm. a bit uh, last two years or so. And it's it's a big difference. I, I, I realize that I, I really don't miss any anything important that's happening. I mean, I, I get to know that anyway. So yeah. most of the news is just a, a reuse of... Uh, of nothing that's happening really. <laughs> I mean, there are so many, it's just the same going around and people tend to think that this is the important thing. We have to listen to this. We, uh, you have to be aware of the world and listening to what's happening and they just get anxious and worried. Yeah, yeah, that's sad. For, for no, yeah, that's sad. Um, There's no point to it. I see that, I call that, um, <laughs> um, I see how many of us that are upset, if I'm allowed to say so, about <laughs> irrelevant things. Yeah, um, that's exactly the and, thing. And um, we must know that many digital platforms are designed to to grab our attention, mm. so that we stay on these uh, uh, digital platform for a longer period of time. Mm. Uh, but I think people have understood that now. But still, the question is there. So, how do you manage to not <laughs> keep scrolling on social I media, know, yeah. for instance? Then, but of course, it's twofold because the, I mean, it's a wonderful thing that we have all this information available when we want it. Mm -hmm. I think. I mean, I can't see anything really bad in that. But mm -hmm. but it takes, as you say, discipline. A lot of discipline. Yeah, it's and maybe it's mm -hmm. a kind of a child child diseases that we have now that we we're still not used to having all this inf information accessible, but maybe it's something that we can learn to handle 
in a wise way. I think we need to to learn to handle it uh, because what will the world look like if we do not? Mm. I mean, I'm thinking about this. What happens? What happens with a civilization where everyone wants to be seen and wants to be heard um, as much as possible all the time um, by as many people as possible? Because mm. that's actually what's going on on these digital platforms right now, at the same time as people are afraid of missing out the yeah. news or... Uh, the viral happenings or movements, etc. Um, Maybe this COVID thing has been good for us. Do you think so? Because we haven't been able to be out there so much. We have been forced to, not so much in Sweden, but in many countries, people have been locked down. They've been sitting in their houses, in their homes. Yeah, perhaps. I, I don't know. You have to ask me again in a few years, yeah. and I've made observations. Yeah. But one thing I have observed is is a little bit of the opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, but no problem. I mean, everything can be everything can be sold. We do have such a potential as human beings, so I don't really see the problems. But sometimes we need to, and this is why I use the word, uh, the words reclaim, focus, and this is where we can find uh, all this potential that we need to be able to meet future challenges as a mankind, actually. Mm. Um, but I've seen in the pandemic. Uh, that many uh, friends and colleagues, so to say, many of those working in perhaps in in businesses where they are supposed to be out on the internet, um, and many of those who were used to perform um, in meetings, in um, conferences, etc., they felt an urgent need of, you know walking out into the internet, into the digital era yeah. with more content. And the driving force that I saw was that they were afraid of being forgotten. Okay. And this is something I've been thinking about quite a lot. The fear of being forgotten mm. made people uh, share, if I'm allowed to say, a lot of irrelevant things on the internet, on the social media platforms, just to be sure that they will not be forgotten in the pandemic. I did the opposite, of course. <laughs> and um, As always. <laughs> and I don't think I'm forgotten. I can't know, but I don't... I invited you because yeah. I found you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it doesn't matter because I don't feel mm. being forgotten, which shows probably that the important thing is not to be seen and to be heard by as many people as possible. Mm. Um, it's just something that we have started with because everyone else is doing that. But why don't try to do the opposite then? Uh, when everyone else is standing on toes, so to say, mm-hmm. trying to be seen as much as possible, um, try to step back. Mm. Um, try to say no. And this is where you will find this uh, reconnection to mm. what your true capacity capabilities are oh. and you will perform uh, with quality instead of with quick fix yes um, I, th- this sounds spiritual in my ears but <laughs> I don't know whether you agree or not but uh, I mean this the, the thing you say about not needing to be seen or heard by other people because I think we are we are uh, truly seen and heard and and uh, loved 
all the time uh, at our core, at our inner, our inner selves or our higher selves. It's there all the time. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's very, very wise what you're saying here that we really don't, we shouldn't uh, concentrate so much on being heard and uh, and listened by by other people, finding our own inner passion and our own inner values, like you were talking about, is the most important thing. Yes, and we we have um, speaking about that that people feel that do not they do not have time. Some of them, I think that. To curb and sort of say accelerating time poverty, we need to um, rethink in this sense and realize uh, all the things that we don't need instead of focusing on all the things that we think that mm. we need. Yeah. Um, if you see the expression, <laughs> mm. um, and another thing which I believe is important and that I want to highlight as a f- as a focus role model is um, that we need to be. I wish that we can be every adult um, or those who have um, at least in a life where they are not in in a very difficult or threatful situation, that adults can be or at least try to be role models for focus for their children. Mm. Because... Um, as you say, the most important thing and the finest thing perhaps you can give to another person and to a child is, of course, you know, your love. <laughs> but that requires time and attention. And sometimes I get to question whether focus, the ability to focus, is inherited in us or if it's something we learn in life. And I cannot answer the, that question by 100%, but I think that focus is something which is and that I know, innate. And this means that if we give our children time and attention and show them what this actually is, they will will more easily, in the extension when they grow up, know again what to search for. And that will help them to learn to respect their own focus hmm. within themselves, perhaps <laughs> better learn them to resist impulses, to respect their own focus, and when they do that, then they will also more easily respect others' focus and attention. Mm. And I hope that can develop um, a mindset where we more easily help each other to respect this innate skill, which means that <laughs> you may not post irrelevant things on social media yeah. all the time, for instance. Yes. And you may help each other by not staring, if I'm allowed to say that to you as a former journalist, mm. <laughs> staring at the news all the time, mm. and to more, with a with a greater power, understand what is truly important for me, what can I do in this, um, in this um, intensive world, um, and what can I not do? Mm. So, speaking about children and what we can teach them, uh, Maybe we can also speak about what they can teach us because uh, sometimes I wonder. <laughs> I, I think it's innate, as you say, it's we're born with this ability because we have something at our core which shows us what we really are and what really is uh, how we're supposed to live our lives. And you can look at very small children. They are, in a way, if you look at, at it at <laughs> them superficially, you might say that they're very fragmented, of <laughs> course, because they go from this activity to that to, to the other but on the other hand they're 
very much in the now. So they don't really think. I, I don't think they're they're they don't change activity because they had been doing some active mental exercise where they thought that I should no I should do that instead because they do they do what they feel like doing and if there is something very very interesting happening they are ac they are very focused. I mean, if you for instance, if you're a very if you're a parent or a grown up who is very good at speaking with small children and telling stories, maybe uh, horror stories or whatever. They listen so intently, <clears throat> extremely much so. I mean, five, six-year-olds, even younger. Uh, so maybe, maybe we should we should listen. We should learn from them. Yes, uh, I like I like that uh, sentence, and it reminds me of um, what uh, one of what what shall we call them? I call them my focus enthusiasts. Yeah. <laughs> Some people would call them fans, you know, but. A person who I think he had read my book, or he was just about to read my book, and he wrote to me. Uh, I can't answer all people writing to me, but I I try to, of course. Uh, and I answered him, and uh, he wrote to me exactly this. Mm -hmm. It was just two days ago. He was born in another country, which I don't know, and then he moved to Canada, and now he was so happy because now he was able to buy my book. <laughs> ah. Very nice. But he wrote to me that he had for four years uh, starting during uh, for since four years back started to think about how he how much he missed this feeling that he had as a child when he was focused yeah. and and that's why he contacted me uh, after four years starting to read my book and simply just wanted to know if this was something I I had in my uh, perspective uh, and in my concepts and I needed to be honest and say well I don't write specifically about that not yet uh, I will uh, but um, I think he was spot on mm. and he more or less gave me something <laughs> uh, also where we see focus with other eyes than just thinking about efficiency and trying to get rid of <laughs> too many email emails uh, uh, during the day, etc. Exactly. Here shows this person showed me, uh, and there are many persons like that who writes to me. But it's nice to see how they express this, and to express it in that way that <laughs> I miss what I felt when I was a child. Mm. It's kind of interesting. And some people would say that, well, life changes. Hey, grow up, you know. <laughs> yeah, but you still have that inner child within yes, you. Yes, yes. And as you say, we must listen to the children. Uh, yes. Uh, so what shall we then listen to? Well. <laughs> um, I think uh, I see this in my son as well. Um, what I think we can do is to protect that innate skill and to allow it to grow. Mm. Um, and if you are an adult and you feel that you don't know how to get back to that feeling, mm. I mean, don't be scared because I think it is there. Mm. I think we just need to get rid of... Um, some of all those distractions that we have and also these inner thoughts that are um, distracting us mm. all the time. Because when you express that um, and you give the example of a child being very focused and listening to, to a story, for instance, um, there, is no, there is no fear in that child. No. There is no worrying thoughts about how do I look or what will happen if I do not succeed with my exam or if I do not succeed with my uh, company or mm. 
um, how will I have enough time to do this and do that? Or thinking that I may not be good enough, uh, I need to do more. Mm. There's nothing. Maybe we should teach them less, actually. We should unlearn some things <laughs> that we teach them now. We should, we should, we should uh, encourage them to keep that mm-hmm. ability to stay in the, in the now uh, all the way up to, the, to adulthood. Yes, if, 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 to to the extent that we can can do that because we're we're victims of that yes <laughs> that bad mindset. But uh, anyway, um, I think we as adults also can um, can help them by by not helping them mm-hmm. <laughs> too much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you see what, what I mean, mean yeah. because um, we already have a large amount of help uh, in in Google, in all other uh, platforms, mm-hmm. you can search mm-hmm. for whatever mm. and you get information in a second. Mm. And this is good. Mm. This is very, very good, of course. But it also um, it makes us to not give ourselves the time to reflect upon our own. How can you, as a person <laughs> or as a child, deal with these problems that you are facing on your own. And if you let children to deal with their problems on their own, Mm. not completely, of course, and it depends on what kind of problem it is, Mm. (laughs) but give them time to use their cognitive potential and emotional potential to deal with those problems or these worrying thoughts that starts to pop up Mm. (laughs) uh, after some while in a child's mind as well. Uh, and if a person, if a child can solve a problem on his or her own, that gives a great self-esteem. Of course. And that also shows a kind of cognitive control. Yeah. And they is, have it in them. Yeah. They will find the solution if you just let them. I mean, we can be guardians more than teachers. We shouldn't tell them what to do. We should, as you say, I, I, I agree totally. Yeah. Let them solve the problems themselves and then be guardians, watch over them and be there for them if, if there is a problem. But don't in- intervene too much. Right. I think so. Yeah, that's beautiful. I, You've been talking a lot about uh, time. <laughs> and things take time. We need time. People say we don't have time. You say we have time. I have time. I'm Christina Banks and I have time, you say. <laughs> so what is your view on, on, this is a philosophical question, time mm-hmm. and, and the mind? Because many people get out of focus because they worry, of course. That's, that's the main problem, I think. Mm-hmm. And worry comes from being concentrated or being distracted by thinking about the future, the so-called future, I often say, and the so-called past, which both in a way don't exist because what what exists is what you're doing right here and now. So how do you see these things? uh, Do you see the future and the past as as only mental constructs uh, that stop us from kind of seeing clearly? Hmm. Um, In a way, yes, Uh, but we must not be too... um too afraid again of uh, thinking about the past and the future <laughs> because that's normal <laughs> it is yeah um i have something which is called the focus model um and this is where i have where i have made simplicity out of this um, complex um mindset setting which we can call focus mm. focus mm. <laughs> um and this is exactly uh, what i express that um we are many who worry about the past. Why didn't I say or do this? 
or we were worry about the future, uh, what happens if, etc. And as you say, uh, many people are either in the past or in the future all the time with their thoughts. And of course, uh, that means that they are not in the true present. And it also means that they are not um, being able to get rid of all these distractions, get rid of the thoughts, back to Eckhart Tolle. Mm, mm. (laughs) Um, Stop thinking. (laughs) Where they can um, uh, be close to their core identities, where they have this gut feeling and where they have the ability to to actually use a great kind of potential uh, both from from their consciousness and from their unconsciousness. Mm. Um, but it's interesting also what you said here in the start of this question um, that we often think about the future. Uh, and then a lot of people would say that, well, but we have to think about the future. How will we otherwise know where we are going <laughs> and uh, me as a former for former athlete uh, and i do have some medals you know <laughs> yeah uh, gold I, I, yeah <laughs> i usually lost many more times than i than i won but uh, well that's a part of the journey it is yeah. um so i'm a master of of uh, failures as well <laughs> that's, that's good and, and i think this has also then helped me then to to understand that Again, forcing your mind and your thoughts towards what you want to become and where you want to be um, doesn't really help you to perform in the actual moment. And what you need to do to get somewhere, really, and if you want to make real change or do something really good, well, you need to perform in the moment. Um, And this, again, goes back to how short-term focus is a prerequisite for long-term focus. Mm. But it's interesting also with time. Um, we have this perception of time that it goes fast. You know, there's so many, I have so many uh, female friends, male friends as well, but it's usually actually the female friends who says when we speak about the children again and yeah. and they say, oh, oh God, time goes so fast. Yeah. Uh, now they are 12 enjoy, years old. Enjoy it when he's four years old because soon it will be gone. You know, he's, he'll, yeah. be, he'll be a teenager. And, yes. Yeah. I, I do not feel that way, mm. and I, I and I wonder why. Uh, and I think it has got to do with the fact that I know, I know, I know how to be focused, and uh, I make my son to be focused as well. And this means um, that we get a lot of times where we interact so deeply, mm. so the time almost stands still. Well, it doesn't, but this is how it feels, and that's exactly or how. Do, I or, do, or, or that we realize that it doesn't exist actually. Exactly, it's a clock time. <laughs> clock time, but I mean, if you go out in space, we know that this from 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 physics that out in mm-hmm. outer space there is no time. Mm-hmm. There is only space. Mm-hmm. Talk about space time, but um, so I mean, everything is relative. <laughs> everything is relative, and it, it's um, it's a perception. Can. Can we can we sense this space uh, without having the clock time? You know, that's an interesting question. And um, this is why I say again that hey, life is long. Yeah. Um, and then I do not mean because of course people can can um, happen to have an accident or we have lost people in the pandemic and mm. and uh, in cancer. Uh, that is not what I mean. What I mean is that if we are <laughs> And I call this focus in the short-term perspective. Uh, if we, 
if we can manage to feel that we are a little bit in control of the perception of mm. time, mm. well, then we can make, and it doesn't have to be all the time, just sometimes, every now and then, yeah, yeah. we can make one second to feel like mm. very, very long. And and those short times... It's about quality, isn't it? I mean, if you live f- mm. f- a miserable life in 90 years, mm-hmm. or you have a happy life for 25 years, yeah, which is most worth the most, I mean... Yes. And I think those short, short time perceptions, if that even is an expression, <laughs> uh, but I'm sure at least you know what it, I mean. It now. is now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, you, you don't need to walk around and feel that you must be happy, because not even happiness uh, is something or. S- not so to say in this in this very moment mm. you just are yeah that's i think that's the ultimate happiness actually actually i mean when we talk about happiness we often mean something different we mean uh, joy mm. or or ecstasy or something like that but happiness i think is just as you say being in the moment or just yeah just just realizing that you are that you exist yeah it's a very relieving feeling. I, I mean, I don't experience that very often, but when I meditate, sometimes when I do that, I can actually reach that state, yeah. kind of a void, you know? Yeah, divine in a way. Yeah, you, you, you're just there, and there are no thoughts really. You can you can get images, you can get maybe a word or two, but it's not. It's more like, oh, that's interesting. You just mm-hmm. look at it. Well, anyway, we won't go deeper into that. <laughs> Wrapping this up here, we've been talking for for a long while, and it's been super interesting. I'm just gonna give the audience uh, some takeaways from your book here uh, The Art of Focus 10.9 where you say that focus is about selecting the right thought from thousands in your head doing one thing at a time and doing it well staying sharp under pressure and being yourself daring to make a decision and stick with it when faced with endless opportunities Mm -hmm. Clearing unimportant things out of the way and finding time despite outside demands. Acting constructively right here and now, even when you're feeling anxious. And appreciating the value of what you have and what you are. Hmm. Fantastic. Christina Bengtsson, uh, you you have a website where the audience can go to find everything that you're about, don't you? Uh, not everything. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of, that I'm kind of a mystic, and I think I'll stay that way. Okay. Well, I do have Some a website. Some relevant things about you you can find. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. There is a website, um, and um, it's called uh, com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, of course, I'm nice, uh, nice. a little bit on social media, but uh, not much. Uh, and there will come up some um, some short movies, I would say. Uh, on YouTube, but um, never any quick fix, quick fix, never any five points for better focus during this Thursday. Uh, I do not believe in quick fix. No. I I resist to respond to people's uh, superficiality. And that shows, I guess, in uh, my, um, um, what do you call it? In my... Um, well, yeah. in the way I'm seen. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Officially. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Christina Bengtsson, thank you so much for joining the show, and I hope I've been able to to focus. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> yes. Ten ten point, uh, shall we say ten point seven? Okay, <laughs> I, I'll sell for that. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank you for now. Bye. Thank you so much. Thank you.